What is going on, everybody? Jordy Cannell here. Thank you so much for checking out this special episode of the Bullpen Cart Podcast. This one is presented by Berkshire School. It is a special Berkshire Bolton edition. I brought on an old friend, Keith Veronese, the Director of Scouting Operations for the Vegas Golden Knights. This one was set up by Berkshire, where I went to high school. A special shout out to Michael Hayes and Bill Bullock for helping to set this up. This was a lot of fun to record. Caught up with Keith, learned about his job. We reminisced about Berkshire. It was a lot of fun. Really excited to hear what you all think. As always, though, subscribe to the podcast. If you are new to the podcast, search the bullpen cart wherever you get your pods, Spotify, iTunes, all that good stuff. Follow us on social media. Thunderblog Sports is the Instagram handle. ThunderBLG on Twitter. But let us know what you think in the comments, whether it's on social media or wherever. But enjoy the episode. This one was a lot of fun. Here we go. Welcome to this special edition of the Bullpen Cart Podcast. I, of course, am Jordy Cannell, the G-Man. I guess this one is presented by Berkshire School because Berkshire has been kind enough to hook me up with an old friend who's captain of our baseball team when we were in high school. He's the director of scouting operations for the Vegas Golden Knights, Mr. Keith Veronese. Keith, how you doing? Thank you so much for taking the time to do this. Yeah, no, it's good, Jordy. Uh, glad we could catch up here a little bit. Uh, chatting you a little bit before this this all uh, started here. It's been good. It's been good. I'm looking forward to uh, bringing back some old memories and uh, <laughs> talking about what I do now and uh, and going from there. Yeah, yeah. So obviously we met at Berkshire. However many years ago that was, it was what 2006. Yeah. So it's been 16 yeah. years almost, crazy. which is pretty crazy. And uh, we were different classes. For those that are listening, that are Berkshire people that have never listened to the podcast before, first of all, welcome. Thank you for tuning in. Um, Keith was 2010 from Berkshire. I was 2009. We met Keith's freshman year, my sophomore year, my, both of our first years at Berkshire. Uh, and then, yeah, Keith, I went to Lehigh. You went to Con College. I kept when I was practicing all this, wanted to say Con College. Um, but yeah, uh, so now you work for Vegas. You want to take us through yeah. kind of how you got there and everything with that? Yeah, yeah, no, it's uh, for me, it's, it's, it was pretty simple, Jordy. Um, after playing four years of college hockey, like uh, like I'm sure a lot of your friends, um, they focused on going to New York City, going to Boston, working in finance, working in whatever they want to kind of explore different avenues with. I, I wanted to stay in what I've kind of known my whole life, um, and that's hockey. Um, obviously, when you go D3, uh, the chances of your playing career extending past pretty slim. Um, I was aware of that. Um, so after college, I, a week by week after I graduated, I got a job uh, in Utica, New York, working for uh, the American Hockey League team in Comets, which at the time was affiliated uh, with the Vancouver Canucks, um, now affiliated wow. with the Devils. Um, I went there and uh, didn't do anything on the hockey side. It was really on the business side. Um, sold tickets, did corporate sales, um, oversaw some of the business operations, and after a year and a half there, uh, was elevated to like, vice president of the whole organization. Wow, um, which was a quick, yeah, quick kind of ascend to, to that position. But um, what I tell people all the time is that uh, working in the American League is probably one of the best things that I would recommend to someone that's young coming out of college because you wear so many different hats, right? Like you, 
just because you sell tickets, just because you do corporate sales, while well, you're also working every game, you're helping out um, around the arena, you're helping out with the fan interaction and engagement, you're doing all kinds of things. So it gives you kind of the opportunity to, to feel out kind of what you're most interested in doing. Um, I had the, the opportunity, my boss actually, I should say, I had the opportunity to come out to Las Vegas when, uh, when the team was announced uh, that they were going to be joining the NHL. Um, when he came out here, he just asked um, if he could bring a few people on his staff to just kind of help out again, get the business side up and running. At the time, the team was announced, uh, we weren't going to field an actual team um, for 12 months from then. So the hockey side of things was kind of on the back burners, getting the ticket sales up, getting corporate sales in place, getting your marketing in place, all of that stuff um, sort of needed to happen. Like uh, the NHL granted our owner, Bill Foley, a team and um, – next thing you know you, you kind of have to okay do all these things that come with being an nhl team yeah um, so i went out there with my boss um like i said it started out selling tickets again um at the time i think uh they had the building held eighteen thousand. they had twelve thousand maybe season ticket deposits already so it was more or less just kind of filling in that back that back end and i did that for a couple of months um our owner bill Foley uh, hired george mcphee as a general manager at the time um, and at that point, it was an opportunity for me to kind of transition into the hockey side of things. Um, cool. George was building out his staff, so he was hiring our assistant general manager at the time, who's now our general manager, Kelly McCrimmon, um, hiring Misha Donskoff, who oversaw kind of our hockey operations, hiring out the scouting staff, headed by Von Carpen and Bobby Lowe's. Um, and there was an opportunity for me to kind of just say, look, I, I, I would like to figure out a way to get in. I don't know what that means or what that looks like, um, but I'm here. This is what I've been doing for the organization. Here's my background. And honestly, I was, I was really fortunate enough that everything kind of aligned and worked out well um, where I was, I was brought on board to as more of an entry level position where I kind of, you know, worked really closely with both amateur and, and our pro staffs, helping with video, um, breaking down certain prospects, um, doing some of that, uh, the, the, the tedious work, I guess, that uh, some rest scouts necessarily don't have time for. Okay. Um, and it's kind of matured over the last four or five years. You know, we were a new organization, right? So we we're, we're approaching that time where, you know, there's a little bit of turnover, whether it's new opportunity for someone, whether someone goes on and, and goes to a different organization, uh, whatever it may be. And it's kind of opened up a new role here where, where I'm in my, my current position, where I work, again, really closely with our amateur and our pro staff. Uh, more on the amateur side, gearing up for the NHL draft, uh, making sure that um, our scouts have what they need from a video standpoint, they have an anticipation to the draft coming up here in a few weeks, uh, organizing our meetings, organizing our lists, so we have all of our players of interest in order. Um, and then again, you're you're at every single game here, right? You're watching our team every single day. You're providing insight to our analytics department, providing insight to our scouting staff and our management group, and just kind of pitching in wherever you can. That's awesome. Yeah, so you're, like you were saying, you're wearing a ton of hats. I mean, yeah. how has it been, like, with COVID and everything of, like, going out? Like, do you go – so you're at most games, so you're not on the road in a ton, in a ton of stuff Yeah, like that. so for our team, it's it's really just our, our president of hockey operations, uh, George McPhee and Kevin McCrimmon, our general manager, that go with, with the team um, on the road. But uh, we're at every home game. That's um, awesome. COVID, obviously. Yeah, we were fortunate enough, even during COVID, when there were no fans in the building, they we were able to still go to our game. You know, go to our games. Um, but yeah, no, we're at every single home game, um, different hours, right? You're not necessarily just working a nine to five Monday through Friday. You're, you're pretty much on the clock, you know, 24 seven. Um, some nights your, your game doesn't go over to 11 o'clock at night and then you're back in the office at eight o'clock in the morning, whatever it might be. Um, but yeah, no, we're, we're watching hockey for a living. Jordy is like the best way that I kind of describe it to people that maybe aren't as That's familiar awesome. with, with hockey and, and, and jelly, you might be. 
Yeah, that's really awesome. So, like, you're gearing up for the draft. You're, yep. You mentioned it, you're breaking down film and stuff like that. Like, what does that, in, like, for the average fan, the the new fan to hockey, you know, you, we've just gotten the news of, like, a huge growth in playoff views. So there's probably new people coming into it. Like, what does that come into in terms of, like, you're looking at, you're talking about breaking down amateurs and stuff like that. Yeah. Like, what exactly does that entail? Yeah. Yeah, and, and my position, so we have a scouting staff on the amateur side that consists of 12 people um, all over the world, right? So yeah. the video is definitely in a support role. So we've got 12 guys. They obviously can't be, you know, everywhere at once. Um, so our job here is to provide them with video and, and breakdowns of certain players that will support what they've seen throughout the year. These guys are on the road 27 to 30 nights uh, a month. Wow. So they're they're all over the place. Um our job here is, you know what, if, if you can't be in Ontario because you have to be in, you know, wherever it might be, um, we can help you get what you need on those players in that area. So our, our job here is to just support them the best that we can. And if they want certain shifts of players, if they want, you know, a breakdown of their strengths and their weaknesses, we can provide that. Um, if they want goals and assists, if they want points, if they want, you know, these whatever it might be, we have the ability to do. Um, but our job here is to understand what they're doing, you know, night in, night out, their travel schedule, and then just providing them the support that they need to help with their assessment of the player throughout the whole year, right? Yeah, that's awesome. So, like, you're basically the funnel system to kind of break it down and give it to the general manager and the president of hockey operations to be like, here you go. Yep. Yep. This is what we've so, all done. Yep. yep. So, we'll have, you know, periodically throughout the year, actually next week, we'll have we'll have meetings where – our guys get together and they've kind of formatted their list of whether it's their area, they've got them ranked one through whatever, and they'll present that to our, our general manager and our president of hockey ops. And from there, it's just an open discussion of, of how you formulate your final list. And um, then when it comes draft time, right, your the work's been done. Now it's just managing it all on the back end and seeing yeah. how it plays in front of you. And then once you're up, you know who the next guy on your list is and, and you've done that work, right? You're not scrambling at the time. That's awesome. That's incredible. Like does, so, like, with your guys' stuff, too, like, how far down the road are you looking? Are you looking at, like, 16-year-olds that'll be in, you know, the 2023-2004 or 24 Yeah, drafts? no, for us, for us, the the focus on the amateur side is certainly the draft year. Yeah. Um, so, this year would be 2004 birth years. Um, we, we're focusing on that. Um, our guys are obviously taking note of certain players. So, when this year flips over, like, it's a quick turnaround for them. So, our, the draft, just to give you an idea, the, the draft and our listeners the idea that the, the draft is July 7th and 8th in Montreal. Um, the next scouting tournament or the next scouting season really picks up August one. Okay. Um, so those guys have, yeah. you know, a couple of weeks of turnover. Um, and then going into that August one, you know, deadline or date, you know, you already want to have some players that you, you know, you need to go out and see, right. So while you're focusing on the current draft year for the players that are going to draft this season, um, you've got to have that list of players that we call underage players, um, just so you know, right, where your area of focus needs to be when you start the season. And then again, the, the process will play itself out. You can't chase individual guys. You kind of go to the game and you see the different players back your attention. And then from there, you kind of, that's how you start uh, building out your players' interest. That's awesome. That's super cool. And like, yeah, I mean, it sounds like a dream. It sounds pretty awesome that you've gotten to this point and where the team is and just being a part of a final oiled machine. Obviously, Vegas has had tremendous success out of the gate. This yep. first year you guys have made the playoffs is has that been any different comparatively to the first couple of years? Yeah, it's, and I should say this, we, we've been so fortunate, Jordy, like the, for me, it's just when I got out here, right, you, you don't quite know what you're going to get into. Um, it's a new team. You, you're, you assume that there's going to be buzz around the team. 
um, excitement around the team. But uh, honestly, God, it's it, you couldn't have been better. Like um, our first couple of years, and even now, still like the the shine. In my opinion, it hasn't worn off one bit. Yeah. Um, when we started here, you couldn't ha- you couldn't you know have a, a VGK event without it being sold out. Whether it That's was awesome. a watch party at a bar, whether it was a game, whether it was whatever it might be, our practices are, are sold out. Like it, it's it's just one of those things where this this area, I think for the first time felt that they had something of their own, right? Like we're known for the two mile destination. That's the Las Vegas strip, but there's so much more. There's people that live here, right? Like I live here, I live in a community. I live in an area that you'd have no idea was Las Vegas unless you, you just looked it up on the map. Right. So um, the fans here have been incredible. They've adopted us as their own. Um, One of our slogans is Vegas born because that's truly what it's been. Um, We were not a team that was relocated and put here. We're a team that started here, right? And we were built here where this foundation of our organization is. Um, And the fans have been incredible. Um, It's been, it's been, you know, a a real treat to be a small, small part of what we do here. Yeah. Um, But yeah, no, it's been awesome. That's incredible. Yeah. I remember a girl I went to Lehigh with, she was from Las Vegas and, I was this is 2009, so almost a decade before the team was even announced. Yeah. Or seven years, I guess. But she, I, there was, I guess, before the Coast Unified was the IHL was out there. Yep. But there was a team yep. out there, and she was all about it. So, like, when you, all the news came out of, like you were mentioning, just 12,000 season ticket sales, like, it was really cool to see, like, all right, this is clicking right away. And seeing all that, and, like, Seattle had a similar experience. Obviously not the immediate success Vegas did, but, like, the fact that there are those like niche markets that explode, like you, the news came out when the Predators finally made the the Stanley Cup. But I yeah. went to Nashville and I went to a game and a guy was like, "Yeah, we've always been all in." So like hearing stuff like hockey in the desert, hockey wherever, it's cool finding all that kind of stuff out. So like finding the like yeah. getting the getting it from yeah. the source is pretty cool too. And it's for us like uh, we became known like the we had a ton of success on the ice um, to start, but. I think what we really became known for was just the presentation of our yeah. team, right? I was going to ask you about uh, that. What, yeah, have like, you been a part we, of that at all? Have you been secretly the night this not, whole time? I can't take, no, I can't take one ounce of credit for that, Jordan. <laughs> we have uh, a team on, on the business side um, that's incredible. Um, you know, for me to have no experience in what goes into presenting um, what they present, like, I think the mindset, right, is that you're in Las Vegas, you're a tourist destination of the world, you're an entertainment capital of the world. Um, what's going to separate a Vegas Golden Knights game from whether it's a Cirque show, whether it's a concert, whether it's some sort of event going on, an award show, whatever it yeah. might be, um, what separates you from that? And and I think the mindset really was, well, they're coming to an event and a hockey game is being played yeah. um, at that same event. And that's kind of what, like, our first couple of years before COVID, it was, okay, intermissions were Cirque shows, right? Intermissions were concerts. Yeah. Uh, Imagine Dragons were, were going to sing the national anthem and they're going to play a song for our warm-up. Like, it was just... That's awesome. The things that they did, yeah, they just they just really attracted the audience, right? And it's an audience that maybe wasn't so familiar with the game of hockey itself, right? You have to teach them the, the basics of hockey. They have to understand what icing and offsides and all this yeah, stuff is. Yeah, yeah. Um, but they're coming to the game and they're spending great money to do it. And we need to put on a show for them outside of just the hockey game. That's sure. Yeah. What's it been like with the Raiders now there? Obviously, like they moved during COVID, but like, yeah. has that been any different in terms of what you guys have seen? Yeah, no, they, they, they've gotten, the NFL is just a monster, right? Like it's, yeah. uh, I think it's wherever the NFL goes, it's going to have a ton of success. And there's going to be a lot of people that follow, but I think the, the, the biggest difference, um, and this is not just like, it's, it's our fans are local fans, right? Like yeah. this is, 
the, the predominant, uh, our crowd predominantly is from Las Vegas. Yeah, of course, you're going to have, you know, if you're an away team or a visiting team fan, you're going to pick coming to Las Vegas as maybe the one or two games that you go to a year um, yeah. outside of your own market. Um, I think with the NFL, right, is that you've got fans coming in from Oakland. You've got a lot more tourists because it's, you know, eight games a year. Um, it's sure. easier to put on your calendar. Uh, you know it's going to be a Sunday afternoon or whatever it might be. Um, so I think it's a little bit different in that sense. Um, sure. But a ton of support nonetheless, right? Like it's uh, it's a beautiful building right off of the strip. It's sold out. Um, and they're going to have a lot of success in what they do for a long time. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, I guess the other, other sporting event I can think of that just got announced, the F1 race. Are you guys involved yeah. in that at all? <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, not, uh, I've only followed it from the, the Netflix documentary yeah, same, there. Same here. Um, yeah, and like I – I couldn't even begin to imagine how they're going to set up that whole operation. Yeah. The one um, in Miami was incredible. How they did it around the NFL stadium. You around the NFL stadium, I think by the Bellagio fountains, all of that stuff. Like, it's going to be, uh, it's going to be incredible. Really, I there it has to be, um, and it will be because Las Vegas. You know, even when you watch like, the NFL draft, right? You watch the All Star game in Las Vegas for hockey for the NHL, like everything that's done it has to be done to like a higher degree right sure because we're, so i would imagine that the f1 will be no different yeah. um, were you guys were you guys involved in planning all that pageantry throughout the all-star weekend when it was there no i i'm sure they they tapped into our staff quite a bit um hey i should have so from what we do on the hockey side the business side it's a little bit um business side kind of yeah, handles with all that stuff the hockey side we handle sort of what you see on the ice um but i would imagine um, the NHL definitely leaned on some people in our organization. We've got some really, really talented people, obviously, from the show that we've put on for the last five and a half years here. Um, that I would imagine we're we're highly involved in setting everything up. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, is there anything else that we should know as general fans of like what goes into the season? What goes into? I know you mentioned you're more involved with, with amateurs, but like into free agency or trades or anything like that. Yeah. Anything that you can reveal. I don't want to don't yeah, want any yeah, of course, shop yeah, secrets. Certainly every, everything is um, I've been fortunate enough where I work for an organization where they include, um, you know, people wherever you fall kind of on the, the matrix of the organization, whether you're a C-level executive or whether you're someone that just got a job like I was five years ago. It's George and Kelly and Bill have been fantastic and kind of opened up the door. And and the only way we're going to get the best decisions if we're all involved in, in what we do. Um, you know, for me, when when people ask the questions that you've asked, like I, I like to really tip my my hat to the the scouts that are out in the field. Like you don't, we we as fans, we go into the building, right, and you see the 21 players on the ice, and you don't really have an idea of how they got there, right? Um, now being on this side of things, you see the work that goes into what those guys do. Um, I mentioned it a little bit a while ago, like so. Take any of our scouts, if there's a 30, 30 days in, in a month, those guys are away from their families, they're on the road, they're in a hotel, 26, 27 nights a month. Um, you might have a guy that follows four or five teams around the NHL all season long, and we don't ever make a trade with those teams. Yeah. We don't ever sign a free agent that comes from one of those teams. Um, but they have to do that job because if that, if that ever comes up, they need to know that team like the back of their hand, right? So I think sure. for me – I never really knew, like, you know what I mean? You just come to the rink and you see the Vegas Golden Knights play, whoever it may be, and you just, the players got there somehow. You don't know how. Yeah. Um, and then being on this side of things, well, now you, you're you kind of a, a passenger to seeing how the decisions are made and how those players are identified. And when you are making a trade, like, the work that goes into that specific player 
um, and just seeing like how that evolves over time, right? Like it's uh, trades don't typically happen throughout the year. They happen around that one deadline. Yeah. Um, you're doing a ton of work all season long and that work may never get used, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so that's actually awesome. Not awesome, but like when you hear like, oh, there were guys from 25 teams there, there actually are. It's not just like a, yeah. oh, this player was, yeah. you know, because example for me with the Flyers, Claude Giroux was heavily rumored and obviously did get traded. Like not just from that, it's always guys are there. That's really cool to hear. Yeah. And, and it's, and it's, t- it's a tough way to live. Like you said, it's uh it's yeah. one of those things where it's, you don't think of it right in, until you're part of our side of it. Right. And you check the calendar and it's a guy that was in, you know, Washington DC, Washington caps last night is now in Philly watching the flyers tonight. And then tomorrow he's going to hop on the train and go to Pittsburgh. And then after that, he's going to go back to New York and then the Islanders, the Rangers, the devil. And it's like, yeah, yeah. and you don't that even like, insane. again, you're doing, you're doing your work, you're doing your reports on the players, but those reports are going to get read and we'll have an idea of the players, but that player may never ever join our organization, but it's yeah. just how you, it's just knowing the league and having a, a real good understanding of, of players. Around the league. That's incredible. Just a deep wealth of knowledge. It just sounds oh, like. It's, Jordy, it's, it really is. And, and again, I, I, we sit here and I'm 31 here, 31, 32, whatever it is. Like, and, and we've got guys that have been, doing this for 30 years you know what i mean so yeah it's one of those things where um yeah to learn from that every single day right it's uh it's been a real lucky opportunity for me yeah so i guess we can jump into some of the questions that we were given i forgot to shout them out at the beginning but shout out to michael hayes and bill bullock for setting this up uh they're the guys from berkshire who reached out to us and keith was gracious enough with his time and everything uh you kind of mentioned it that it's what you wanted to do after college but what is this something you had an idea of when you were you know, on the the cap for the Berkshire hockey team, you knew you were going to play college. Like, did you know you wanted to stay in it, or did you have an idea going in? Yeah, no, uh, I don't know. Like, it's yeah. Like, I think I think I've always known I wanted to stay in sports. That's um, awesome. I think when we were the captain of the Berkshire hockey team, uh, my aspirations were to play in the NHL, right? And yeah. that's everyone's aspirations. And the reality of that is, right, your chances are it's not going to happen. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's one of those things where I think it's it's all whether you ask any of us that played, um, even yourself, right? Like you, if you don't even don't play at college, like sports are your life, right? So yeah. whether it's working in the NHL or working in a different professional sports league, like you're doing it now in a different capacity, right? And it's it's just what you you feel the most comfortable with, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you know, for me, um, it was kind of a weird path of just you know, this isn't my day to day job. It's just a right. hobby and everything, but like. I went in, went out of well, well, left Berkshire, wanting to be a teacher. It's part of the reason I picked Lehigh. It's a five-year education program they have. I was going to major in just regular math, and I'd grown up grown up going to this summer camp in northern Pennsylvania, just south of Binghamton. Um, and it's actually near where we went for baseball, if you remember that the yeah. Blue Ridge team. Yeah, like that exit on Route 81 is where we get off to go yeah. to camp. Um, and yeah, so when we went up one year, for those that don't know, we'd like make this trip at the beginning of the season. And the first year we went, I'm like going nuts. And like Keith and a bunch of people on the team, are, like, what are you doing? I'm like, this is like, this, like I'm going <laughs> completely nuts. I'm like, I know this place. I know that place. I know this place. And the next year we went, I like text my dad, be like, we're going to camp. My dad vibes <laughs> up. If you remember this, it was like freezing cold. My dad's just oh, sitting yeah. there and like just taking it in, be like, oh, this is so cool. This is so, this is so awesome. But so to fast forward, I was a camp counselor there the summer between my freshman and sophomore year. All the counselors were there were teachers, part of why I wanted to be one. And one of the senior staff members who was actually the reason my, my dad ended up at camp, ended up, he 
we talked about the Phillies when I was a camper, when I was a counselor. We'd like watch all sorts of sports together and everything and said, you should try to do this. And I had no idea what I wanted to do. And I liked math, but I it was also a lot of proofs, a lot of theorems and stuff like that. And I liked the more applicable side to it. So I changed the statistics degree and just from actually from starting at Berkshire in the radio there at WBSL, yeah. got involved at Lehigh's radio station, WLBR, and that included being on the e-board, getting involved in being the board operator, which is a lighter version of a producer, having later done that um, with Lehigh women's basketball because they carried it. And that in my sophomore year, just kind of as fate would have it, melded into one, getting involved with the sports information department, and that included working on streams of all sorts of, of all sorts of sports broadcasts, from doing play-by-play of soccer games to being the guy holding up the satellite sheet camera for nationally <laughs> yeah. televised games for Lehigh Lacrosse. Yeah. To one time, I had to shoot B-roll for the Patriot League Championship when Lehigh when Lehigh hosted it. To getting to do featurettes, and that turned into an internship with ESPN Radio, the Lehigh Valley, which was a lot of fun, a lot of you know generic intern stuff of. Running a Wawa, for those that know what Wawa is, uh, <laughs> basically just you know convenience store type stuff, getting coffee, all that, to eventually being their reporter, because Lehigh used to host the Eagles for their training camp. And I did that for the summer and really liked it. And the following summer, after doing an internship in finance, because that was just kind of what my... It's hard to explain how the statistics major at Lehigh worked when I was there, but I took a lot of finance classes, had an internship. And coincidentally, when it ended, my old internship boss at ESPN Radio hired me as producer. He called me up, like, literally the week it was ending. So I ended up being the producer my senior year of college for Lehigh football, Lehigh men's basketball, all their Saturday programming. Really wanted to try to get into it. And as you mentioned, it's super hard to get into, especially if you're not entirely sure. Even though I knew I wanted to go on the broadcasting side and applied all over the place. But started the blog, thunderblogsports.com, which is technically what presents this, although I rarely blog anymore. And after years and years and working yeah. in other worlds, uh, saying I wanted to start a podcast, our friend Greg Piatelli finally said, we'll either do it or shut up about it. <laughs> so <laughs> five years ago, I started this, and it's just been a great excuse to talk to him. We've had Jake Goldberg on, our, our both of our still very good friend, um, and a number of other people. Uh, we interviewed another friend of ours, Chris McCarthy, a year ago, who's doing some pretty, still doing some pretty cr- incredible things with his business. So it's been really cool and just kind of seeing how my career's developed. I worked in finance for a while and then I wanted to try to go back into sports broadcasting. So I relearned coding to try to make my website better and really liked that. So I talked to some friends that are developers and now I work in, in tech. I work for a software company. So it's kind of funny how even though I've never really broken into, you know, being paid to do anything in the sports world, it's still kind of helped me get to where I am now. And it's it's kind of funny how it just started from literally being at the fair the first day of, of preseason at Berkshire, seeing WBSL, my dad being like, DJ Jordy. And that's yeah, I remember those days. I remember those days. How, how Monday night at eight o'clock, whatever it was. Yeah, yeah. JJ and the G Man rocking the night. Yeah, two, yeah. two times. Well, I I had, and honestly, for the for people that do listen to this, Jordy, it's not a surprise that you're doing this now. Like, I, yeah. I think uh, if you were to ask us back then, like you were going to be a sports broadcaster, you were going to call games, you were going to do those sort yeah. of things. We all knew how much you loved sports, right? And you knew way more about them than, than all of us. <laughs> Yeah. Well, you know, it's been fun. And uh, yeah, it's it's turned into all sorts of crazy stuff of like one time we so I played club hockey at Lehigh 
and one of my buddies, for those that listen to the podcast, Matty D and I, we found this software called Ustream that I think is now owned by like IBM or something, but it used to be its own app. And we, this is like before Facebook Live or anything like that, we streamed a hockey game after we graduated. It was the, the like whatever league we were in championship. And it, it, like we called that. I tried, like when I was trying to apply to jobs, I like found, tried to find it, but like IBM bought them. So I didn't have access to the video anymore. And like, it's funny how all that kind of stuff just kind of works out and how it all goes. So yeah, you figure it out, right? You figure it out along the way. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess going back to Berkshire, it was, you were there for four years. I was there for three years. But we crossed over for all three of my years. It was so much fun. I mean, we were talking off air. We both haven't been back in forever. The last time I went was actually, I had a job interview with ESPN and visited and saw everybody, but you mentioned you haven't been up in a while. What do you miss about it? It's for, for me, it's that place is so special. Um, my yeah. dad went there for four years. Um, I, like you said, I, I went there for four years. I just had a son in, in March that that's awesome. Congratulations. Thank you. I'd love to go there for four years. Like it's one of those things I think when it's so much different than college, right? You, you don't have the, the party aspect. You don't have the drinking aspect. You don't have yeah. kind of like that social, I don't know, maybe that alleviates that some of that social awkwardness. Like you're, you're just on campus with people, whether it's teachers, whether it's your coaches, um, obviously other students, like, and you, you just figure it out and you just make fun. Like you make, you make things that like you just figure out a way to just have fun every single day. Right. Like oh, it's, yeah. You're on, like, I don't know if, you know, I mean, like, we talk about some of these guys, Jake and Chris and, and a few of those people, like, I haven't spent more time with, like, my wife than I did with those guys yeah. um, when when we were in, in school, at school together, right? Like, you wake up and you, you have the same schedule, you go to the same classes, and do the same things after after school ends, you do the same things at night, you do study hall together, and you, you just, it's just one of those things where you yeah. just are with everyone every day. So I miss, uh, the, the place is just so special to me. And, and now it's, it's gone only nicer since we've been there. Right. I know, right? It's one of the spots where if you're fortunate enough to go, like it, it truly is, uh, uh, it's definitely something that's not to give in. Like, uh, I, I can, I can truly attest to that. Absolutely. Yeah, I totally agree. It's crazy of just even since the last time I went five years, no longer than that to our point and before the show, how long it's been and how it feels like yesterday, yeah. especially in, in the era of COVID. But like just the, like seeing everything on Instagram and everything that's gone it's in. We, we were there at like seeing a metamorphosis. We had the old Berkshire Hall going into Centennial Hall. For those that don't know, the hundredth year of our school, they're redoing the classroom building. So we went to class in trailers on the tennis courts yeah. and then got the new yeah. Berkshire Hall, the new hockey rink, all this different stuff. And now they've built even more stuff since then. And it's incredible. But I, I totally it really is like we were fortunate enough with uh with the new building the new hockey rink and the gym and all that we were fortunate enough to have that but to your point like the maybe this is for lack of a better term the 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 eyesores of the campus right are now just beautiful oh yeah buildings. Like it's 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 incredible um yeah like i uh i'm excited to get back but i'm also afraid that like there are certain parts that we won't even recognize right yeah exactly <laughs> they're um I've gotten to know some people that went like way before we did, whose kids have gone and have either graduated recently or are still there and that like talking to them about it and hearing some of like the building names and stuff like that. I'm like, that is way. Yeah, I can't do that. But, uh, <laughs> no, it's, uh, it's, it's, it is a good point. Like, and, and you just touched on like, it's funny check LinkedIn or whatever it is. And you, you see how many people just you can go back and work there. Right. Because yeah. Special places. 
and it's cool too. Like there's not as much turnover, right? Like I think of you know Jason Gabba, who was my advisor. I think of Michael Mirlin. I think of Dan Driscoll. Yeah. Um, those people are all still there, and how like they just took you into to their own families, right? Like it's yeah. one of those things where it's it's cool to see that they're all still there because they love it so much. Um, and now people in our grades that have graduated, right, and gone elsewhere have decided to come back and, and try to try to do what they did too, right? Yeah, exactly. It's crazy. And like Mr. Waisaki reached out to me uh, probably a couple months ago that Keenan's looking at colleges. Like I remember Keenan was like, <laughs> yeah, me, yeah. Me, I tall. Like it's insane to yeah. think about like yeah. how crazy all that is. And but I totally agree with you. Like the people there, it's I feel like it's cliche, but it's just true of just how awesome it is. Like to your point of like making fun out of anything, like the year that Berkshire Hall was under construction, how many nights a week were we playing wiffle ball or, or yeah. and everything yeah. in Buck Valley, like using that as the fence for, for it yeah. or like whatever, you know, throwing a Frisbee, throwing a baseball, throwing a football in Buck Valley or Iper wall or something like that of like these things that like, if you explained it to someone that you mentioned, like goes to a regular high school, like a public school or private, a day private school, like where they are, like they're going out, they're doing stuff. Like, it's like it sounds crazy like oh yeah you guys stood on a wall for two hours what's that about yeah like oh no you don't understand it's a good point no it's a good point and like when you go to these like for us right it's sure you have your pocket of friends at berkshire but you you associate with everyone because you're almost forced to right like i think when you i did i did public school for one year i did um and it was it's just way different right you're in a class of you know 600 kids in a school of 2500 right it's just you're only going to have your four or five or ten whatever it is group of friends that you you kind of always are with where at at berkshire right like yeah you again you have your people that you're closest with and people that you typically sit with at meals but aside from that like you're you're interacting with everyone because you're you're almost forced to yeah and it's it's pretty fun like you because you're forced to do an activity and everything and like having different friends from those that like you see around it's like oh hey you know this person yeah like, yeah, it's it's crazy how that all works out and that you see all these different people and that yeah, like you mentioned, like you're forced to see because it's a school of three. I don't know how big it is now, but it was like 350 people when we were there, maybe 370. Yeah. And like you do know everybody and, you know, you know, kind of something about them, even if you've maybe said five words to them. And when you do eventually have to because of whatever activity, because of, you know, the form meeting that was on Thursday, yeah. it's like. Those yeah. kind of things, like the trust building exercises that we all probably have to do at work and stuff like that. Like, you actually get to like be like, "Oh, I know that that's Keith," even though you and I knew yeah. each other. Yeah. But like, oh, yeah, you know like, something about him, right? You know something about him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's fun. Like, and I think to your point too of like, you have advisors, you have coaches, you have teachers, and like getting to know them on a personal level too. Like, it's certainly like, at least for me, because I definitely was like very much in my shell and still like probably one leg out of my shell went into college, but like if I'd stayed at, at a, you know, larger public school, probably would have been very like a lot more sheltered that way. Yeah. Wouldn't have really known how to make friends. And I think that's also like the fact that you're away from being, you're away from being home and you know how to do that. It really prepared you pretty well for that. Not to really lean into the not school, not just for school, but for life motto, but really yeah, I was gonna say, what, what's, what's Berkshire paying you for this? Yeah. <laughs> uh, nothing <laughs> but, right now. But uh... Yeah, but uh, no, but but you're you're absolutely right. Like it's, um, you're forced to grow up quick, right? Like when when I moved, I was 15 years old. Um, that for my friends at home are like, wait a minute, no, I would, I don't want to do that. Like, yeah. And 
share virtues there and they've got their hand out and they'll, they'll help you and make sure that you stay on the course and you do what you're supposed to do. But at the same time too, like you have to be 15 years old and be comfortable saying, okay, I'll, I'll see you later. Like I was fortunate enough. You, you were a little bit further away and, and yeah. Billy, like I was fortunate enough where my grandparents lived five, five miles on the road. My parents oh, yeah. were only, you know, drive. So like I, I'm closer in that aspect, but also like you, you're still away from them. Right. So you're, you are forced to definitely grow up a lot faster than maybe, um, you know, you would, would have been back at public school. Oh yeah, absolutely. And like, it's crazy thinking about it too. Like you mentioned, like 15, 16, like leaving the house, having to figure things out. Like and the day at Berkshire is pretty structured. Like you're at school from eight yeah. to three, you practice until like five, then you're at dinner. Sometimes the dinner was sit down. So that was even more organized and you study hall. But like, so there was the adjustment there going to college of like, you go from having school for literally eight hours to like, you might have school for three hours in a day and figure maybe, out maybe time three there. times a week. Yeah. Maybe three times a week. And uh, but like you still figure out a ton of stuff there. Cause you need to organize it. Like you need to sit down, like you have a rigorous class schedule and, and figuring all that out. And like, yeah, even just being left to your own devices with study hall of like, you can go to the library, you can do structured study hall, you know, eventually senior year, you get the, the more, little more freedom to do stuff. But like, it is cool of just how like you didn't like, because of the structuredness, you still had to figure it out on your own kind of because they pigeonholed you into you know, a smaller time slot to get your homework done. Whereas you go to public school, even if you're playing a sports team, your practice is probably over five o'clock. Then you're left to your own devices for six hours or however long right. until you go to bed. So it, right. it's it's kind of cool that way. But yeah, I mean, so we kind of covered memories. We covered, you know, staff and everything. You mentioned Gappa. I mean, yeah. That guy, was, that guy was mad. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's again, one of the sadder things that I, I haven't done as good of a job as I probably should keep in touch with people. But, but to, to your point, and I think it speaks volumes, right? Like if I picked up the phone tomorrow and called, like in my phone, it's not Jason Gap, but it's still Mr. Gappa, right? Yeah. Like I think it would, I, I could have a conversation and, and we would, it would be like we never even stopped talking, right? Yeah. So I think I've, I've talked to Dan Driscoll like a bunch of times since um, since I've graduated. That's all stayed the same. Like it's, you just, uh, yeah, those people, you spend so much time with them. You're so close to them. Um, even though maybe you, you grow apart a little bit, you yeah. still know that if you pick up the phone, you can have that same kind of conversation. Yeah, um, it's pretty cool. And feel like you never missed a beat. Yeah, like our five-year renew was that way. And I feel like if I were to pick up the phone and call Gappa, he'd immediately be giving me crap about the Phillies and the Mets. For the yeah, game. 100%. <laughs> like immediately the 100%. seven seven run lead, the no-hitter, all that stuff. Like it's it's just incredible that way. I mean, is there anything else from Berkshire that like you miss or like any memories that you can specifically think of that you – Think, think uh, memories, for, memories for me, I think, um, would definitely be the new building, opening up the new building. Yeah, that was um, pretty cool. I think from a, for like a personal memory, scoring the first goal in the new building. Oh, yeah. Um, we had some good hockey players on our team that I could always hold over their heads that, that I had that one. They weren't <laughs> going to take that one from me. Um, they've, they've since gone on and played at a high, high, higher level. Chris McCarthy got a contract from an NHL team, um, but I've got that one on him, so I, I could always, <laughs> I could always ha have that. But no, like it's, it's so hard to think of just like one certain instance, right? Because you know, every it was just, you just had such a good time there your whole four years, right? And and yeah, you look forward to when it was August or whatever, and you get ready to go back to school, right? Yeah, I I would always think of it like, obviously very different in fictional universe, but like Harry Potter and like start of the books of like how he'd be like ang getting like angsty to go back to school yeah. and everything. Like I would think of that, like, especially like the couple years I still went to camp and like coming back and like 
the three weeks or whatever between then and like going back to you know public school were kind of like oh man school I got to read the book and like going back to Berkshire it was like messaging Greg messaging you yeah. messaging Jake like being like Yo, what dorm are you in who's, who's yeah, your roommate all this stuff like let's get back yeah. all this like and you mentioned like being in Philly like there was only it was like me Jake my sister went to Berkshire for those that don't know um, not a ton of other people Chris was there but then Chris left after a year then we stayed in decent contact but like not having like people right there that I could just like hop in a car and go see. It was like really exciting to be like, all right, I'm going away. I'm going to do this and and all that stuff. So, I mean, like I miss it a ton. I mean, having gone back to school after college, I can say I don't miss the, the, as you know, as much as I liked school when I was growing up, don't miss the school part. I don't miss having homework or exams because I did that for a year doing the (laughs) relearning the programming and all that to change my career. But you know, I do miss the place. I miss the people and, it was it was so much fun. It was it's fun to look back on, even you know, knowing the uh, high school awkwardness and thinking back on that part of it. No, you're no, you're you're spot on. Like doing this is, uh, yeah. When when Michael I reached out to us, like for me, it was exciting because yeah, it's it's a important part of my life, right? And uh, it's certainly an important part of your life, and it's it's good to just other you know to, to be candid right like you and i wouldn't have had this conversation if it wasn't for no. you know them connecting us right and it's good and, and i think again like this i hope people that you listen to this like they, they feel like it's an easy conversation right like this is enforced between you and i i think that, that just kind of no. kind of is uh exactly what we're talking about right it's just yeah. easy and it's uh it's just easy for us to kind of just pick up where we left off and you pick up on certain things and just have a conversation right yeah absolutely and uh you know i i don't know if you have anything else, but if you're ever in Philly, you know, I know obviously you have a very busy job, but if you're ever in Philly, you know, by all means, let's grab a beer, play some golf, something like that. Yeah. It'd be awesome. Likewise, if you, uh, if you ever are out here, two tickets with your name on it, just don't wear your flyers, yours to the ring. <laughs> I can make that promise. It's, uh, I still, still go to games, but it's a little tough right now in flyers. Fandom. <laughs> yeah. 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 I yeah, got one last yeah. thing for you though. Uh, yeah. question from Goldberg. He wants okay. me to ask you, if you can admit that you blinded him in 2009. <laughs> yeah, that's a story. Um, yeah, it's a story for a different time, I think. Um, <laughs> I think, uh, yeah, you know, I, I can take the blame. I, I can look at the mirror and say that it was probably my fault. Um, for people that don't know Jake, he, I can say that this is, it was deserved. Um, <laughs> deserved what he got. Um, I just leave it at that, I suppose. Uh, he, uh, he and Greg were the two best men at my wedding, which also just speaks to Berkshire people of yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, Jake Greg's and Chris were at my wedding. It's... Yeah, and but Jake, uh, yeah, he's never never wanted to be light on the humor that way. No, and maybe not the best. Uh, might not be the person that uh, you would be the <laughs> the best representation of study all between eight and ten. <laughs> Don't want, yeah. uh, don't want people to listen to this podcast. I think we didn't get any work done with it. Oh, yeah. I mean, well, I mean, <laughs> I guess, I, like, we mentioned going to the library. That was one that I did pick up on. I, you know, the joke is you find yourself studying between 8 and 10 in college, having gone to having gone to boarding school and everything. But, like, going to the library and figuring that out at whatever point I did at Berkshire ended up being exactly what I did at college. So that was, yeah. that was one thing from Berkshire I, t- I carried over. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's uh, it's good. It's good. Well, I'm glad we did this, Georgia. This is good, man. And uh, like I said, hopefully that passed across sometime at uh, at some point. That would be um, awesome. I know I'll be at Berkshire at some point, and hopefully it all kind of works out. Yeah, that would be awesome. Again, thank you so much, Keith, for taking the time. Thank you to Michael Hayes and Bill Bullock for setting this up. Thank you to Berkshire for everything. You know, 
friendships and all that stuff. But yeah, uh, Keith, thank you again, man. This was a blast. Awesome. Yeah, let's uh, stay in touch with Jory. Hopefully it's not another uh, five or six years. Absolutely, man. All right, everybody, thank you so much for listening. Subscribe to the podcast, The Bullpen Cart, uh, on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get it. But for Keith, this is Jordy Cannell. Have a great weekend, everybody.